0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everyone and welcome to another fire episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. I am one part of it, Ruben Calvillo. I am joined by always by my guy, Harley Dugan, and we have another special guest for you. We are going to keep on racking him up. John Crumpler from the USA. How's it going,
1: buddy? Ruben, Harley, it's good to finally get on the show with you guys. It's going great. We're uh, we're really into the summer here, so it's a fun time to talk about the team. Fun time to talk
0: about the team. John, let them know what you've been up to, man. It's been a minute since we've been on uh, on camera together.
1: What do you mean, what I've been up to? You mean where I'm where I'm coming from to this? I guess, mm-hmm. I guess I'll introduce myself to the audience. My name is John Crumpler. I'm the lead analyst at uh, USA Today's The Texans Wire. Uh, you can find all my writing there. You can find my content on Twitter, at John H. Crumpler. And I also uh, I talk a lot of Texans with these two guys off the air, so I'm excited to to finally get on their show. Absolutely! And before we start this episode, this
0: is brought to you by Bet Online. Jump into the action right now! Type in our promo code BLEV and get a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit. Harley, I missed you. You look handsome as always. I have a question for both of you guys today. Let me go back to that Week 18 game where the Houston Texans. Won a game that they, you know, that we all wanted them to lose, losing the number one overall pick. And we all know how the franchise felt. Flash forward to right now, looking back at that, was it an overreaction to losing the number one pick? And was that maybe one of the best things to happen to the Houston Texans, which led to doing all this trading up and, you know, the
2: draft crazy ass uh, celebration? I'll go ahead and start that. Um, so uh, immediately when that win feels like it was a loss, but that win happened, um, I you know, I trolled a little bit at the beginning, mm. like, you know, this, this, is this is Houston sports actually though. Like this is what pain is. Pain is defined by Houston sports. Like we know pain. We, it goes all the way back to 1980 with, Lorenzo Charles dunking against U of H and the five slam and jam and NC State's huge upset and, and I mean and it keeps going on in chronological order and just absolute great massive events that are hurting the city of Houston and the sports realm of it. So yeah, this was this, this needed to happen. It, it's mm. like a canon event, right? There you it's go, Spider Verse canon event for the Texans. It needed. happen because it was supposed to happen. This is Houston sports overall. Yeah. I trolled a little bit. I kind of messed around. Um, and then when I fully thought about it, I was like, man, because at the time and John and Ruben know this, I wasn't completely sold on Bryce young at the moment. And then I started, okay, let me deep, let me dig a little deeper into this and I'm going, okay, this dude, this this dude's got some stuff that I I'd take immediately over some quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh yeah, may, maybe maybe winning that game was pretty bad. So then I turned into, yeah, we should we should just go ahead and trade up for Bryce Young. Ultimately, you landed with CJ Stroud, Will Anderson. Um are we proposing a weight differential Bryce Young and number 1 overall pick versus CJ Stroud Will Anderson? Do you still get Will Anderson if you Get the number one overall pick. There's a lot of factors to go into that. Uh, it's, it's it's fun to deep dive into that. And hindsight, twenty twenty, it looks like the Texans should be better than what they if they had the number one pick. It, it looks better on paper, okay, hypothetically speaking. But you know, you know,
1: yeah i mean that's a tough question i i would maintain no i would maintain it was still a disaster that we lost the number one pick it was i mean we'll just speak from a fan and media perspective it was three months of nonsense as the team struggled to figure out what they were going to do without i mean i they did end up taking cj stroud i'm not willing to just throw away um all the documented reporting of how infatuated they were with bryce young and how it was a difficult decision when bryce young was not available um I like CJ Stroud a lot as a player. I wrote him up. He's still someone that when we got to the draft, I had ranked behind Bryce Young in the process. I think they probably got the second best quarterback in the draft. Now, could that work out where Stroud is a better pro? Absolutely. But did the Texans signal to us that they felt that way? I don't think they did. And then you You get into the question of would they trade up for Will Anderson if they had a guy collectively Mm -hmm. they could have taken with that first pick. And my, my kind of thinking around that is it doesn't matter because let's say they do. Let's say they still make the Anderson trade. Then we're exactly where we are today, and it's Bryce instead of CJ. And that mm-hmm. wouldn't be a big difference. Mm-mm. Or if they didn't, we would just be with Bryce, and then we'd have two first-round picks next year, and whoever we pick at 33, and two-thirds next year, actually. Or I guess it would have been three third-round picks next year because mm-hmm. we got mm-hmm. the one from Philadelphia. Um, so it, it's hard to say. I don't think that it's any um, – any better off for ending up at number two. I just do think it's uh, it it put the team in a position where they felt like to make everyone happy, they were going to do something bold. And clearly they went for, they said, this is the best quarterback. This is a top five player in the draft. This is the guy we need to take. But Will Anderson is the guy that, D'Amico Ryan's that Nick Casario said we are not leaving the draft without him so do they ever get to that point of infatuation with Will if they're not as seriously exploring it if they're the ones maybe doing the the Carolina Panthers press tour of all mm-hmm. the quarterback pro days I, I don't know but all things considered with how upset I was when they won that week 18 game and as someone who's still um still thinks Bryce Young is going to be an incredibly successful pro I've I've watched the Houston fan base kind of lash out all the the tapes of Bryce at practice, and I'm like, slow your roll, guys. Let's, uh, let's watch him play the games. The last time we saw him play live football was pretty good. I think Stroud's going to be pretty good, too. But I think it worked out about as well as it possibly could have. But hard for me to say that I would um, not want that number one pick back if we could have had it.
0: No, I just see it as, you know, the fan base was just ready to quit on this team. Now, flash forward to, you know, the past couple of weeks. We are excited, you know, to watch this football team. We are itching for every bit of media content. You know, we are kind of putting a bow on this offseason because next thing you know, it's training camp. Mm-hmm. Then the preseason. Then it's week one against the Baltimore Ravens. Harley, I start I start you with you. How do you feel about this offseason for the Houston Texans? Are you excited for it? Like, what is the overall hype in your opinion for it?
2: You got to be excited about it. I mean, as you huge like, I just went on to the dialogue of a Houston sports fan. And if you continue to go into it as a Texans fan, you got the hottest head coach on the market and the consensus number one coach on the market. You could say arguably people want to throw Sean Payton in there as well. Um, but yeah, D'Amico Ryans came here. You got him. Cool. Check that off the mark. You look at free agency overall. Uh, started off mm, slow, a little bit of a dud for a while, then you kind of ended strong and you got a trade with Shaq Mason, you, you got Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz, which to me kind of helped the overall look kind of dressed up the pig a little bit for free agency. It wasn't necessarily pretty, but you know, it was a decent job. Um, I think next year is what we're really looking into mm-hmm. this team to really get into a deeper uh, with the amount of cap space that they have next year. Um, staying to this year after free agency, you're going into a circus of rumors for the NFL draft. It wasn't looking good, but you end up with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. You grab the tank, Dell. You double-dip that receiver. You got some good draft value later in the draft with Xavier Hutchinson. You grab in a um, – I'm missing someone else down here. Oh, my goodness whatever, but juice. Scruggs Patterson was, or- yeah. Patterson was good value to say, uh, someone that could replace the versatility of a Justin McCray, mm-hmm. um, tank Dell, obviously juice Scrugs, you got your center. Uh, so, you know, you did some really great things in the NFL draft. Everyone was hyped about it. The fans are hyped about it. You should be ultra excited. There should be optimism around this team coming into training camp and the season and everything going on.
0: John, as we put a bow to this offseason, how do you feel about it? Overall excitement leading into week one against the
1: Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I would have to agree with Harley, I think it's impossible not to be excited about this team. I mean, part of that is just by virtue of where they ended the 2022 season. You saw they gifted away the number one pick in week 18. They fired Lovie Smith before the day even ended. And then they were talking about like, is Nick Casario going to keep his job? And that's really the news that we entered the off season with um, was kind of this, okay, where are we going from here? We've got all this money. It seems there's some front office instability and we lost the number one pick. And what they go out and do? I think they, they hired D'Amico Ryans. They convinced D'Amico Ryans, Hey, this is a ship worth attaching yourself to for your career. I mean, you don't get it. Most people don't get a second opportunity to be a head coach. And D'Amico Ryan said, you know, that is a place that is an organization I'm comfortable working with and taking my shot with. And they were able to convince D'Amico Ryan to come aboard someone who just by virtue of adding him, you go ahead and you make mm-hmm. all of the defensive talent in your team. OK, you you have at least a belief. It's possible those guys start to hit tiers that they were not previously at. Then what do they do? It looks like Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan start to get on the same page. They go out. They spend probably $50 million in free agency. Now, are people mad about the one-year deal? Do we all agree exactly how they spent that money? I don't think we would all agree with every single decision what they made. And But I tweeted this yesterday when uh, the 30-13, they put out a graphic about the Houston Texans projected starters. I said, it is believable football decisions in a believable NFL roster. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to agree with it, but I can say, you know – you know, Sheldon Rankins, one-year, $10 million. Okay, that's the one technique nose tackle that D'Amico needs. Like you, You're going to trade one guy for two blockers. He's going to help the linebackers make plays. He's going to help the edges play better. You look at Dalton Schultz, and I think you know that's great value for one guy. You pay for the one-year deal because you want to see what does he do when he's not being targeted all the time with Dak Prescott. So even if we don't agree with the structure, I think you can't deny, okay, the talent got it a lot better, and they're guys who fit the vision of what the roster is building. And then you go to the draft. And I think the draft's the same principle. You might not agree with every decision they made. They trade – essentially they trade the farm to go get Will Anderson. They trade 33rd overall and a future first-round pick to come up from 12. But at the end of the day, you left with the number one overall player in the draft. And you left with a quarterback that at worst was like – considered a top 10 player in the class and that many people consider a top five player in the class cj stroud and someone who i think has the accuracy to and really the potential when you get him away from ohio state system to turn into a different player it is believable football decisions you know you drop tank Dell and xavier hutchinson into the receiver room you plug in Juice Scruggs to an offensive line that has Laramie Tunsell and Shaq Mason on these new extensions and Titus Howard wants to get a 20 million dollar payday next season most likely so you know he's going to be playing his butt off um, it's impossible not to be excited i don't i'm going to be very curious to see how this translates to wins i think the things can be lost in like an offseason with this much excitement is what does that tangibly do when the, your roster was so far behind mm-hmm. But now any game I look at on the schedule, almost any game, I'll say, I say, you know, I think there's an avenue where Houston can win that game with the way that they're telling us they want to play. So I'm extremely excited to watch because guys, it's been two years, all 2021 and all 22. I'll be honest, you know, I want them to win, mm-hmm. but if they weren't winning, I was pretty indifferent. And sometimes when they were losing, I was pretty excited. I was like, okay, like let's get up that draft order. Cause the, the draft was just a mean. The, the season was a means to picking in the draft. And now mm-hmm. I think the season is an avenue towards wins and towards player player development. So I'm really excited to have him on my TV for 17 weeks this year.
0: No, I think everyone, you know, is excited. And it is kind of a breath of fresh air. And it started with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. And we are 38 days away from training. Kim, Harley, I started off with you. What is one position battle that you – you know, are looking forward to heading into training camp.
2: Hmm. I need, I want to see what the receivers do. I need to see the receiving group. Hmm. And it's a big question mark for this team. It's overall the big question mark uh, for the offense. I, and I think the team in general, actually. Uh, when you look at wide receivers, yeah, Nico Collins, uh, we love the hype around him this year. Um, I'm hoping this hype that is attached to him is a lot better than some of the hype that we had last year from him with CJ Stroud there. Um, and no more Davis Mills, presumably, uh, being the number two overall pick, quarterback battle, whatever. Um, but wide receiving group, you know, Nico Collins is someone that has to, you know, you, you spend a lot of draft value for. That's someone that I'm having my eyes on. Um, not so much John Mechie. Yeah, I love what John Mechie, you know, I, I want to see what he can do. Um, but My expectations aren't very high, um, and that's nothing against him as a football player just What he overcame last year in the offseason, you know, this year, I think that's like icing. If you get a good amount of production from him, that's icing for me. Tank Dell, I'm very biased on. I'll slow my U of H Cougar bias with Tank Dell. But I've I've seen a lot of Tank Dell. I've seen a lot of them. Um, And fans get uh, upset when they see him. You know, catching punts and back there in mini camp and whatever—that that's what he is, though. There he mm-hmm. is—he is a dynamic special teams player. Okay, he—he's one of the best punt returners, kick returners in the nation last year, if not the best, arguably. Okay, Tank Dell is gonna tremendously improve your special teams game if it wasn't already great behind mm-hmm. Frank Ross. Um, you've always been yearning for a return man since jerome mathis andre davis i mean those are some old old names you're a texan fan if you remember those names <laughs> and uh so you know those guys xavier hutchinson what can he do for me obviously not a lot of expectations being a six-round pick but the draft value was high on him uh well you grabbed them low should be some high stuff i appreciate what he could do for this team um everything else robert woods a veteran in here can he come in here and maybe improve the rest of these wide receivers, talk to them more, you know, stuff like that. The route running abilities that he has. Can Nico play in the slot? I know John Crumpler had the article about him and the comparisons into the route tree and Bobby Slowick out Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, you know, we're not saying he's Julio Jones, everybody. Okay. Slow down. Let's not get into that. Um, but, you know, I thought that was a very interesting read and, really a read that should get you excited as a Texan fan. If you're looking at Nico Collins, wide receiver one, potentially.
0: No, absolutely. I think too, John, what is the most, what are you looking forward to at training camp? The battles going on.
1: And wide wide receiver is a great one because I think that's ultimately going to determine the ceiling of this offense. I'd love to give a different answer though. Um, At training camp, (laughs) Would it be too obvious to tell you guys that I want to see what happens at quarterback? So yeah, I've, I've been I thinking go about. Right I was. I've been thinking about this a lot. So
0: go off, bro. I mean,
1: so this is something I've been thinking about this week because it is there, there are really two predominant archetypes of backup quarterback in in the National Football League, right? There are your mentor types, and there are your competition or near equivalent backup types. Where so you say this guy is here because we think he could win us a game or like he's talented we want him in the quarterback room and really right now houston has both of that behind like let's call cj stroud qb1 for this argument. so CJ stroud obviously coming in second overall pick led the fbs in touchdowns during his time in ohio state and he's got two guys there we've got case keenum who has been in the league for forever he has started a ton of football games he's been in a lot of different offensive systems he's really there to gel stroud's transition into bobby Sloak's offense to help him with kind of the nomenclature of the offense of understanding it and to answer questions as just someone who's been there um, who's played the game compared to bobby Sloak's status as someone who came from a pro football focused background and then on the opposite end of the spectrum you've got davis mills and davis mills davis mills was terrible last season i'm um, we, we have to be transparent about that i really like that people defend him in the fan base i love Although that's what fandoms about fan is short for fanatic, but Davis Mills is still a really talented thrower of the football like Davis Mills. This is a guy who was the number one high school recruit at quarterback for his class. This is a guy um, who was drafted in the top 100 of the NFL draft after not doing a lot at Stanford because the idea was there's a lot to work with there. And he's not someone who's just going to fold over. I mean, very smart guy, very hardworking guy. I got pleasure to meet him a year ago. And I think that's someone who genuinely does believe that he can push for this job as someone. You know, uh, CJ Stroud's never seen the offense, but neither has Davis Mills. And Mm -hmm. so it's this perfect environment really to just go see what happens because he has the support there. But at the same time, I I think there's a pressure situation with Davis Mills. And I don't think this staff would be afraid to start Davis if Stroud isn't ready. So it's, hey, what can you go do with this? And can you show that you are clearly better than these two guys? Because by all accounts, you are. Um, your production has shown us that. Your talent has shown us that. Um, can you go out and win that? So I want I want to watch Stroud really take that job with authority. Um, of course, every the locker room, I, I do love the veterans are saying really good things about him. It seems to be the kind of personality you want at that position. Um, But at the end of the day, the job has to be earned and the guys are going to see who the best quarterback is, especially if they're switching reps with the first team. So I'd like to see Stroud take that position with authority during training camp.
0: Harley, how do you feel about that to me? I I honestly think that it should just be CJ right off the bat. Crump just mentioned last year, Davis Mills, he was horrible. And, you know, we all saw it. We all gave him the benefit of the doubt, I think. I think that their future is CJ Stroud. You don't want to take any any type of first-team reps away from him, but that's just I me. Mean, how are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this with Paul Gallon last week, and I just think that the Houston Texans are being precautious right now with CJ Stroud. Uh, I think they're going to play it, you know, just a little, little easy with CJ right now. And, you know, and, and when I look at the talks of each players from D'Amico Ryans and you're like, okay, he talks about CJ Stroud and he's like, "Yep, he's doing well. He's doing okay." And there's some good quote grabbers as well too. But then he talks about Will Anderson and he's gushing over Will Anderson. He's talking really highly of Will Anderson, you know. And then, you know, I'm thinking, "Oh, well maybe it's just the defense side of the ball." But well, then I hear him talk about Drew Scruggs, and he's talking very highly of Drew Scrugs, and, you know, kind of like a veteran almost, you know. So And I'm like, okay, so are the Texans being precautious right now with C.J. Stroud? Do they not mind having Davis Mills as the week one starter? I'm opposed to it just Mm because you traded away your pick. Okay, you got the Cleveland Browns pick. Davis Mills is not going to win me football games. And now I'm taking away that chemistry level that you mentioned uh, that was implied between C.J. Stroud and playing with the number 1 team and playing with the number 1 wide receivers in your offensive line you're taking reps away from that and you know so i think at the end of the day he's a second overall pick on paper he is better than Davis Mills he should win right like and he sh- and he's been doing this his whole career i mean we go all the way back to John's article way back when during the draft process of him coping that we're not going to get Bryce Young and highlighting all of C.J. Stroud's abilities as he went through his career in high school and college of overcoming adversity. And, hey, this isn't adversity. That's a little, you know, exaggerating here, but, you know. It's not unfamiliar here.
1: territory. It's, exactly. it's never been it's handed awesome. to C.J. Stroud. And I almost think this might be more of just a testament to who D'Amico Ryans is as a head coach. Mm. I think that competition is his DNA. Like that's just yeah. how Ryan's is going to function with the team. And I, I think it might've been needed a little bit after last year. If y'all remember, I mean, they came back, Davis Mills played six games and Lovey Smith said, that's the leader of our football team. He was a captain. He was the unquestioned starter. And do I wish that they were just going ahead with CJ Stroud? Like, yes, I think it would be like Harley said, I'd like him to develop chemistry with the receivers that are going to start. I would like him to see reps against the first team defense to go ahead and get a more realistic look at the speed of the defenses he's going to be playing. I'd like Bobby Sloak to see what can this guy do really well and what can he not do. Because mm-hmm. during those first few weeks, you need to build game plans around the concepts that he plays well with. Like that's you you have to do what he does well because you're not. You're not winning the game if you're um, if you're handicapped by or asking Stroud to do what things that he can't. But at the same time, I think it's just the culture of this team right now. Um, Harley, I do love that you touched on how um, D'Amico Ryan's, and I would say it's a little bit worse of Nick Casario. If y'all listen to him on 16, <laughs> yeah. the way they talk about CJ Stroud compared to how they talk about Will Anderson. And I'm not trying to imply anything here, but it just it is very curious to me. Um, the different ways that they're willing to highlight how Stroud is doing in camp versus how Anderson is doing in camp. Um, It raises some questions that I definitely have.
0: Definitely raise some questions, but like both of y'all have mentioned, she's is used to this. Didn't start till he was a junior in high school. One Mm -hmm. of the last QBs invited to the elite 11 was the MVP there. Then didn't even get put on at Ohio State until his boy talked to the coaches switching to, the defensive side of the ball will anderson like we just mentioned a couple seconds ago has been getting so much praise from our head of coach domiko ryans harley
2: how does that make you feel about the number three overall pick excited i mean will anderson was consensus up to jalen carter you know doing whatever happened and all that you know extracurricular stuff outside of football. Will Anderson could have been generally consensus, the number one, you know, defense player coming out in the draft, arguably the best player in this draft, Mm -hmm. according to some uh, people that were doing mock drafts. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. You traded up a lot of capital for him and you need him to. To be the dynamo on defense for you. You need him to be that cornerstone franchise piece that you're willing to develop. You traded for boom quarterback. Oh, that's that's above all else. What's second to quarterback in terms of franchise cornerstone pieces? Defensive end, edge rusher is right up there as well. It's where in, in order to have success in football, what do we know? We got to throw the ball successfully, mm-hmm. we got to get to the quarterback successfully. You do both of those things very well. The Houston Texans double-dipped in that. Seeing all the hype mm. around Will Anderson and the quote grabbers, hey, yeah, that's exciting to me as a Texans fan.
0: And John, I go to you. Not only how do you feel about the number three overall pick, but kind of what were what are your expectations for him into this season? Since this is the first time we mm. have
1: you here, i believe in the Houston. That's oh, a great question. Um, I'll start with the quotes i'm gonna be honest is it bad if i'm not ex- like i'm excited don't get me wrong but it doesn't make me any more excited than i already was like mm. i think one of the things that was so attractive about picking will anderson and why i felt like i feel pretty uneasy that they traded their first round pick next year i'll be honest like i just don't i don't know like how high that pick could be but like if you're gonna do it for a guy like will anderson like if it's a non-quarterback I understand because this was the guy that you knew every single thing that you were getting. You were getting in a, a really good athlete with elite production at Alabama with an elite work ethic. Like pretty much everything on the slate said, this is a perfect prospect, like or uh, almost perfect. I mean, like there, there's a reason some people liked uh, Tyree Wilson higher just because of length, but that's, that's so nitpicky. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everyone said, well, Anderson is the guy that has everything. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear those quotes, I'm like, okay, good. Good. that means I, I trust what's going on in the front office because that's who they told us he was when they picked him this is who they signaled us that he was and now we're in camp and it's like okay good he's he's the real deal um, I'm excited about that I think productions hard to judge in the first year I mean I think it's gonna be interesting to see he played that like four eye technique which is I guess for people listening that's when you're gonna line up on the inside shoulder of the left tackle predominantly at Alabama and that front's very I guess really popular right now, everywhere in college football yeah. and Jamico Ryans is going to take him and play more of the five or the wide nine, which would be on that outside shoulder. So genuinely a true edge rusher. Now um, I, I think we could see a really productive player in that. I, the questions that, that come up for me are what kind of resources are um, opposing offense is going to be able to throw at Will Anderson, because I don't think there's another dominant edge rusher on this roster. I don't, like, do I expect Jerry Hughes to be as good as he was last year? I don't know. Like, he's an older guy. You, That's a year-to-year thing. Jonathan Grenard, will he be there? Uh, I like the two guys inside, but are either of them dynamic? I don't think so. I think they're both really good NFL starters. I think they're very – I think they're more than passable. I think they're mm-hmm. just good defensive tackles for this system. But I don't think either of them are guys that you're going to be crafting the game plan around. So – could Anderson end up seeing a lot of double teams because they say this is the only guy on the edge we need to account for? Um, you know, that's the kind of questions I have. But that's why I, I don't want to categorize it in terms of production. But if we're watching the games, and let's say either way, if he's getting those double teams, that's a great sign. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've been I've been trying to learn as much as I can about defense. Now that I think D'Amico Ryan is going to be the coach here for a long time, like the edge, you know, I I won't trade one for one, but I'll trade two for one. So that means someone's going to have an open lane to the quarterback if he's taking double teams. And if he's getting single teams, I think, and he's winning those matchups, we're going to be thrilled. So, you know, I just want to see how he does on the field and how he got, really against those big NFL left tackles because those were the questions, right? When you turn on the Tennessee film, you all remember me uh, clowning Cody about the the Darnell right uh, for for Tennessee. He really he had a tough time with that because it was just a guy who he was quick and big. And, like, he had answers for Will Anderson's speed and his power. So I want to see what Anderson – and I, I think Anderson's going to bulk up, really. I mean, it's nice when you're out of college football and all you have to do is go to the weight room and be a professional football player. Like, I, I love that quote from the video. He was like, you guys my coworkers. Like, no. yeah. um, he, he, he is a professional football player. I'm excited about Will. I'm really excited about Will. Um, it just whole D'Amico Ryan's defense. I just, I don't want to put expectations on it until we see it, but I think he's going to be really productive here. No, I am excited
0: for the Terminator to be getting the sacks on Sunday. Boys, I take you back to last year's draft class. And dare I say, there might be three players that really break out. One of them being Derek Stingley, The other one being Jalen Petrie. The last one being... Damian Pierce Harley. I start this with you how do you feel about last year's draft class in year two and who out of you know the three who I just mentioned do you see having the you know the best season
1: wait pause how are we defining breakout are we like the best season are we saying like who's most likely to be a pro bowler who's most I think all three of them have a chance pro?
0: a chance on being a pro bowler quite honestly, I think that one of them is just going
1: to be like all pro type level. Okay. We're so, we're, so we're saying who do we think is most likely that they could be an all pro at their. Position? There you go. Yes. Okay. That's perfect. All right, Harley, you can, you can start just wanted to, <laughs> to know so I can start thinking about it. So
2: when I look at the 2021 draft, look, uh, immediately there was, you, you know, after 2021, 2022 season happened, Uh, the injuries with Derek Stingley, uh, but I also was always in the mindset of he never was in the right scheme, and the Texans, instead of drafting for a scheme fit like Sauce Gardner, who would have fit Lovey Smith's scheme, they went ahead and drafted Stingley off potential and what he ultimately did at LSU with the little bit of sample size that he had, but you really look at him in practice going up against Jamar Chase and some of the other wide receivers around LSU, so that That gets you, you know, that grabs the attention, okay? So you grabbed him. Jalen Petrie had an amazing year for you last year, um, regardless of the 2,000 tackles he had in one year, which was just obscene, and, you know, we don't want that to ever happen again because the run defense was the worst in the NFL, and Jalen Petrie, uh, after the running back ran 12 yards, then Jalen Petrie grabbed him and tackled him down. Yay, congratulations. And then you have damian pierce who as a scheme fit for this new scheme is is a glove and 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 ruben you already know what what i said last week i'm saying it again da- damian pierce fits this scheme like oj simpson fit that damn glove in his damn hand all right that he is just poof perfection he he's a power runner guy he's also a one cut guy he fits the scheme really well And I'm very lenient to say Damian Pierce. Um, That feels like an easy answer for me. But I I don't do easy answers. Mm. Okay, I'm putting a lot of expectations around the hype on Derek Stingley. Mm. I need him to come out here and have a Pro Bowl season. I need him to come out here and show me he was the number three overall pick for a reason. I need it. Okay, the propaganda for me and Derek Stingley, I am pushing it 150%. I need it to happen. Because I am sick of the sauce gardener, and I understand it. All-pro rookie year, you're not going to find that again, all right? It's tough to find that. It's tough. I get it. But Derek Stingley, it just wasn't fair. He was playing with one hand tied behind his back. This year, if he's fully healthy, I expect him a Pro Bowl season, and I expect him to be dancing around all-pro attached to his name. I think he could be that good and could elevate this Texans defense into another stratosphere potentially top 15 defense if Derek Stingley plays to what I think he can play into. When I look at the 49ers defense in Sala and D'Amico Ryans, they had a lot of success with lower level cornerbacks and making cornerbacks play better than what they're supposed to be playing at. Richard Sherman was kind of just done in his career, it felt like. Goes to San Francisco with Robert Sala, oh my goodness, Richard Sherman's back to doing some Richard Sherman-like things. You know, So Derek Stingley, D'Amico Ryans, I think it could be a match made in heaven. And I think it's going to overall, again, this is all on his health. And that is always the big thing with Stingley is the health issues. And I know everyone says, well, it's only one season. No, this goes back to college. This goes back to LSU and the health issues there. If he's fully healthy, I expect him to have a really good breakout season for the Texans.
0: John, who do you think is going to be an our pro?
1: All right. So I feel like Carly did a great job summarizing the three guys. So I'm not going to do that again, what I'm looking at. So there's only one all pro running back. There's two all pro corners, two all pro safeties. So I think Damian Pierce could be the best of them this season, but I just think it's so hard to be an all pro running unless, especially if the team's not going to win a bunch of games. I mean, Josh Jacobs had it last year and the Raiders were terrible. So I'm not going to rule it out, but I also, I do think Singletary is a, good enough player and I tried to tell people this before the draft like that was a priority backup contract like they signed him very early it was one year I think he got one year two and a half million dollars like I think they have a role in mind for him that I don't see I think Pierce is going to lead the backfield by like a good bit but is he is it going to be a like a lion's share Uh, I'm not sure about that you go to corner the league is so good at corner right now Mm. Like there are so many good cornerbacks in the NFL right now. And you have to pair that question with Stingley's health. Um, so that for me would be the hardest part about picking Stingley for this question, because I think the league's loaded at corner. So the four guys last year, Sauce Gardner, Pat Sertain, Jerry Alexander, James Bradbury, uh, that doesn't even get to some of the league's other better players. And then is Stingley going to say, healthy? So I think Stingley could be great. Yes. I, I see you, Harley. I know you don't like this, but it would be hard for me to envision It's hard for me to pick him in this group because it's not a great safety league right now. I Mm -hmm. think there are not a lot of big names at safety. I think Jalen Petrie, I think some casual fans might even know who he is because he had 140 tackles as a rookie because the defense was so terrible. And I think is is D'Amico Ryan's defense going to be better? Yes, I do not. I think Lovey asked way, way too much from his defensive backs and tackling last year. And part of that was that the linebackers are horrible. And guess what? The linebackers are horrible again, I would say. I mean, I think Denzel Perriman's an upgraded middle linebacker. Am I expecting a resurgence from Kirksey? Maybe. So I think Christian Harris can take a big leap? Maybe, but not sure things. So I still, you know, I see an avenue for, I mean, last last year, Talano Hufanga from San Francisco under D'Amico Ryans. He leapt to an all-pro caliber player. Can Jalen Petrie, I mean, this is a guy who I think is going to play 100% of the snaps. And he's a freak athlete. He's a great tackler. He has been since he was at Baylor. Could I? Could he have the big numbers on a team that surprises at a weak position? I think he could. So I, I'd have to pick Jalen Petrie if I have to pick one of them to be an all-pro, just because of some factors that aren't really like – they're more contextual factors of the conversation. Um, but I think if I had to pick who's going who's gonna to be the best player potentially, probably go – I think Damian Pierce really well made for this scheme. If I have to pick all-pro, I'm going to say Jalen Petrie.
0: No, I am very high on number five. Like you said, 140-plus tackles, five interceptions, eight pass defenses all over the field for the Houston Texans. John, we thank you for coming on on a fire
1: episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. Where can they find you, man? Ruben, Harley, thanks again for having me on. Always uh, love talking Texans with you guys. Um, for everyone in the audience you can follow me on twitter at john h crumpler i'm actually new to instagram if you'd like to follow me there i'm at texans doc and um you can read my articles as always on TexansWire.usaToday.com. so thanks for having me on guys and uh, i'm excited to see um where the team takes us as we head towards training camp. Hardy, let the fans know where they can find your handsome self at
2: You can type in at the lead underscore HOU, the handle down below. Type it in on YouTube. You'll find out the YouTube channel. 2,000 subscribers on the road to 3K. We're hoping to get to 3K by the end of the year. In order to get there, I am doing a D'Amico Ryan's signed football giveaway. If anybody is subscribed to the channel and you have to subscribe to the channel, I will be giving away a D'Amico Ryan's autograph signed football. Yes, it is very near and dear to my heart. But, hey, I want 3K. I want more subscribers. And I'm trying to get bigger on YouTube, man. I'm just trying to grow the platform and do my thing. I appreciate everyone. Ruben being on the channel. John being on the channel. Many people. Uh, It's been a collection and effort from everyone. So I appreciate it. So go ahead and subscribe. You don't want to miss out. Yeah, no, subscribe to these guys. We've been knowing John for, I think, what,
1: almost three years now? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's weird. I can't believe there was, like, a time in my life when I was using Twitter, like, pretty frequently and not talking to you guys. Yes, it's it's been some time now. I don't don't know how we met, but I'm glad we did, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad we did. It's it's just we could all agree, man,
0: this football team gives us pain. Hopefully the pain goes away. You can find me on 713 Houston Sports. I am close to 7K. Subscribe, like, follow me on Twitter at 713HSP. Shout out to Believe for giving us an opportunity to talk about this Houston Texans team. You guys have a very blessed day.